Greetings, lovely listeners. You are listening to Saga, a podcast where a dude and a chick discuss art and animation. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is Saga Podcast. This is Garrison, and I'm here with Sarah. And today we're going to be talking about Gany Tartakovsky's uh, uh, Primal. Spoiler alert. This audio may contain spoilers, so please proceed with caution or an open mind. I don't care. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Um, cut. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so uh, Primal is... Um, it's a story of uh, loss, really. Um, the two main characters that we follow are Spear and, and Fang. Spear being a sort of um, Neanderthal, caveman, proto-human type character. And Fang being a T-Rex. And in the first episode, we see them... Um, they both experience loss. Spear... When he's out searching for for food for his family, um, and he comes back home, he sees his family being killed by uh, T Rex, and he's and Spear is uh, basically helpless to uh, to stop them, and they uh, and the T Rexes flee, um, and then and then we see Spear uh, contemplating suicide, but. But he 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 sees his family like in the sun, like a like a stylized Mufasa sort of thing, um, and that gives him the strength to continue. And that's when we encounter um, Fang, uh, who is uh, who who is like helping, who, who who's like feeding her uh, her her two kids. And this is when the T Rexes that killed um, Spears' family show up and they start attacking these uh fang's family like fang, fang's kids um and and this is when the t-rexes actually kill fang's kids and fang and spear are forced to like team up to kill these rexes but um, yeah they're, they're like they're very very large um and um both spear and and Fang are without a home to go back to, and no, and no family. So they kind of reluctantly sort of keep 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 each other company, and uh, and that's basically the first episode. Yeah. yeah, this had like some amazing battle scenes in it. Um, they were both really good at fighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, the well, I guess. You can expect that from uh, Tartakovsky because you know he's done you know Samurai Jack, which had great action in it, um, and and he's also had some experience with the Hotel Transylvania uh, franchise, so he's had some experience with that as well, uh, and yeah, it definitely had great action. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't mention that because like it was kind of light on the action; it was more comedy based, but. 
yeah, uh, Dexter's Lab 2. Um, my thoughts on the first episode, it was, it was a strong first episode, and the time really f- uh, flew by and, and looked beautiful. Yes, 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 yes. All of that. Um, and also, <clears throat> uh, Scott Wills, um, who I who I actually like started to um, research some of his artwork a few months ago, and it was nice to like uh, see um, him do uh, the art f- for this show. He's mostly known f- for backgrounds. He's 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 worked on um, Samurai Jack as well. Uh, you'll definitely recognize his his backgrounds. His artwork is very stylized, and um, yeah, his work was featured in Prime as well, and um, definitely sets the tone. And it's both like beautiful, but there's something about it in that terrifying, like yeah, like yeah, kind. Of, Kind of like a um, this may not be the best example, but like a Venus flytrap where it looks beautiful, but there's like a danger to it. Danger, danger vine. Uh, yes. <laughs> danger plant. Don't go near. Any thoughts on the first episode? So I really this was amazing. Um, it definitely draws you in. And makes you want to see more, which thankfully you said that they they kind of played them all back to back when they first aired, which we thought that perhaps they would release them once a week, you know, one episode a week for five weeks. Uh, but that didn't end up doing that way. So it makes it convenient for the, the audience to to really see the whole picture Um up front instead of you know having to wait till the next week and then forgetting what the heck happened but perhaps this format where they don't speak and in the storyline how he leads it up to it it makes it an easier storytelling for just releasing it all at once yeah um i think now that this is just like a, a crackpot theory but um you saying that sort of got me the idea that maybe the reason that they showed it like one episode per per week was because it was sort of like a way to um, pseudo compete with like streaming services because streaming services you can you know watch them all in one day basically so because this aired on network television they don't they don't really have that option really so they so instead of weekly, they decided to show it once per day. That sounds pretty accurate, it seems. Um, you can stream all of them on Adult Swim if you want to. Like if you have um, cable network or if your family has cable network and you can just, you know, borrow their password and username. Um, you can stream them all on Adult Swim's website um, and just watch them. That's how I did it instead of watching it um live mm-hmm. um any final thoughts on the first episode all right um episode two is called river of snakes and this takes place presumably soon after the first one and um fang and spear aren't getting along really uh fang is stealing 
every one of Spear's kills and Spear is growing hungry and agitated. Um, and they kind of, um, they kind of butt heads throughout most of the episode, but, um, the two come across a river of snakes and there's this cool scene where they're, where they're like, water. what's that? I don't know how they didn't, I don't know how they didn't notice that before. Yeah, it was, it was huge. I, I don't get that either. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but um perhaps you could you could argue that um spear was uh he he was like famished so his concentration wasn't wasn't the best and and uh aren't t-rexes um uh, nearsighted yeah yeah okay so there you go we solved it (laughs) okay perfect movie logic yeah, um, I will say this was the first episode of a continuing theme, uh, which we'll talk about as the episodes go on. But um, there's this scene where um, there's this waterfall and Spear falls down, hitting his head several times, bleeding. Uh, he was definitely dead after that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he lived through that too. I was like, no, he's dead. He waited, but and he was bleeding a lot. Now, you know, you if you get a hit in the head and you know you break some skin, you will bleed a lot. That's apparently like one of the major places that bleeds. But oh man, he was dead. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and one thing about this episode, maybe you can you can answer it, but how how did um like fang warm up to spear like it it just sort of happened like it, it seemed to happen but maybe i'm missing something so from what i can remember um they just kind of realized i think they needed each other because of that the scene on the waterfall where Spear thinks very quickly on his feet and says, oh, you know what, I'm going to grab this um, giant snake here and we're going to use it as a rope to hopefully save ourselves. Now, I don't know how they thought that was going to pan out, but, um, you know, snakes are slippery, so they couldn't hold on to it and they both fall, uh, plummeting. Now, Fang doesn't really hit anything on the way down, which is sort of miraculous because Fang is like three... Three times the size of Spear, maybe even four times, and somehow Spear, the hominid, uh, hits like everything on the way down. <laughs> and so I think, in his quick thinking, and I, I, this the way I look at their relationship, it's kind of like dog and human, you know, like early domestication. Like the dog sees the benefit in sticking around the human because he's a he's a really good hunter and he can he can hunt things and dogs are really good for humans because they're also really good hunters. Like, you know, they all have they both have their own set of skills, so they kinda of balance each other out and they just create this cute symbiosis. But so I think that's why they that's when they realized, hey, you're not so bad. <laughs> I can stick around you for a little bit. It's funny that that you say that that um they share a human and dog 
relationship because in an interview, uh, Tartakovsky said that it's not a human pet thing. They're like equals. They're they're, they're like comrades. Um, and I maybe he wasn't trying to go for that, but it played across kind of differently. Maybe it's because I'm a human and like I see everything else as an animal, but I can see that. That's that's an interesting point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it kind of seems seems like because uh, Fang really isn't trained. Like she doesn't listen to everything that Spear asks of her. Like she's basically like a tiger or like a lion, where they can sometimes listen to a human, but really they don't. They they do their own thing. So, uh, but um, any final thoughts on episode two? All right, episode three is called "A Cold Death," and we see Spear and Fang. Uh, they are hunting down this old and sick mammoth uh, for its fur and food. And Spear, uh, after killing it, pays his r- respects to it. Um, and, uh, they look for like a shelter cause it's, cause it's like a, a blizzard out and it's freezing cold. So they find shelter and that's when we see this, um, this herd of mammoths, uh, they, they stumble upon the, the, uh, carcass of, of the mammoth that Spear and Fang killed. And somehow in the blizzard, the the tracks were still fresh and it still had scent to it um <laughs> and they found and they found spear and fang um and they and the mammoths are angered that i guess one of their of their own had been killed so they attack spear and fang and yet again spear somehow survives being crushed by a mammoth <laughs> And 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 gives uh, the tusk that um, that uh, spear took from the dead mammoth. He gave the tusk back to the mammoth herd so that the mammoths could bury it in a mammoth graveyard. Um, yeah, this was like the most heartbreaking episode of all of them. I straight up cried looking into that mammoth's eye and then like watching it fade. I'm going to like tear up again. Oh boy. Um, that was so sad. And I think that this episode should be the one that like everyone should be watching and, and not everyone gets as emotional as I am, but that's fine. Um, I don't know. This episode really brought on like the spirit of the game. I think for me, you know, um, Obviously, Fang has no reluctance. It's all about survival for her. And um, but Fang, there's like this brief moment where he has a flashback where he's hunting with his children and he teaches his children, like, you know, the life. You are taking a life in this. And so you must somewhat pay, re- pay your respects to the life that you've taken. Yes, and I admire that. Um and and i guess just like nature uh fang and spear sort of like targeted you know like you know uh basically predators will target 
either the young or the old and sick. And they did that. And um, it's sort of, uh, I guess they kind of put it out of its misery because it was by itself. It probably wasn't going to survive for much longer. Uh, it was old and or sick. Um, so it, it was, it was going to have a struggling, um, a, a hard time. Um, and I guess they gave the mammoth a warrior's death. Like it went down fighting and it's remains will now like serve a purpose, uh, for them to, to progress. And, um, and I guess that's why, you know, Fang, a spear realizes that, um, its death won't be in vain and it's, um, its essence will be used for uh for something something good. Hmm. And this episode I had a lot that I was like, oh, you know what? I don't know if that would be actually true. And you know, I don't know what mammoths did, but I know the elephants um now, like modern times, I think their behaviors tend to to push the elderly and the sick and the young towards the front of the line they're usually the ones leading the line so that everyone else goes at their pace so to see that happen to an elderly mammoth beaten old sick um was really sad they basically just left that whole mammoth by itself didn't even care to look back and see whether or not their elder was back there but from what i understand Elephants are very emotional creatures. Um, so I'm just I'm just trying to base this off of what I know about elephants now, not mammoths. I don't know anything about mammoths. So maybe this is something they just formulated, you know, as a, a society in their own realm, as a culture in their own realm, as to put the 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 sick and the old in the front. And then um, also, like I've never really understood elephant graveyards but that whole scene i was like did elephants do that is that why is that why there's elephant graveyards because i think from what i've understood about like documentaries and and science and history is like the elephant graveyards were made out of mass graves of elephants or mammoths um perishing but do they actually do that to elephants like hold their their um their relatives that sacred that they'll just make their own graveyard. I don't think I understood that part of evolution. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting question um, that I don't have the answer to. But uh, back to your statement about like the like the the behavior of an elephant and why they do that. Um, as far as this show goes, uh, you can pretty much just throw science out the window. Uh, you know, mammoths and T Rexes living in this at in the same uh, time period. Uh, giant Hulk serums. Uh, try not to think about it too hard with Primal. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm asking the big questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no problem. Um, any final thoughts on episode three? Uh, yeah. Also, like, I don't. You know, okay. Another science question. <laughs> dinosaurs can't like they're cold-blooded right mm -hmm. yeah i thought about that too yeah <laughs> so <laughs> do 
just just throwing that out there. Okay. I I won't say anything else about that. We can move on to episode four. Yeah. All right. Episode four is called Terror Under the Blood Moon. And this was probably one of my favorite ones. Um, Spear and Fang, they're uh, fleeing from this horde of uh, raptors when they stumble, stumble across this uh, ominous skull monolith. Um, uh, and that's when they see this ape person uh, struggling to um, carry this uh, boar when they fall and break their leg. And they're trying to get back home before um, before the moon comes up or the sun goes down uh, uh, because that's when these giant bat creatures come out and uh, and take them. Uh, but luckily for, for them, Spear and Fang were near and they helped them out, killing several of these bat creatures. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Spear was taken in the process and yet again, he hits his head while flying on a bat, uh, going who knows how fast, and is knocked unconscious. Um, and he's taken back to this lair where the bats um, are underlings of this giant spider creature. Uh, Fang um, purposely gets kidnapped so that she can, that so that she's able to rescue Spear. And um, Fang rescues Spear. Spear like brutally rips this horn off of a triceratops and stabs the giant spider. And then they flee and um, the giant bats start following them. And that's when uh, Spear and Fang get the idea to, um, to like run back into where they found the raptors so that they could have the raptors and the bats fight and then that's how that episode ended hmm. mm-hmm. um i liked seeing the different versions of like hominids that were in this because then it shows like some evolution i don't know like i'm a huge like history and like dinosaur buff so seeing some of this is really really awesome um the the different tribes and how they show teamwork and um forming like survival attributes i think because one thing i was like really impressed with was the fact that there was like a watchdog out in the middle of that field like underneath a rock just hiding there waiting to help whoever was left out there yeah and and i really like that it seemed that these people were more about the um, the uh, like the betterment of their people because it seemed like they were willing to sacrifice themselves to be able to get the boar to their tribe. So they had so they had like selflessness to uh, yeah. And like I said, uh, this was the third time Spear should have been dead, um, and. Something else, uh, for some reason, I knew that, that in one of these episodes, we would, ha- we would see a giant spider. I just knew it. I knew it was coming. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> you're just a matter of when. Luckily, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, luckily, it wasn't 
too bad. Um, I'm actually slowly getting better with that. And um, it was pretty cool when, when, um, when, uh, like when Spirit took the spider silk from its mouth and they made like a, a rope to like, that would help them get down from the heights of the, of their lair. And yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing to see how invested Fang was in getting Spear back. Um, It seemed like she spent all of her energy just trying to climb up that mountain. And then finally she gave up and was like, you know what? I'm going to try this a different way. It's a genius dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty clever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And going back to to what you... you said about um, Fang being invested. That got that got me to thinking about um, about the camaraderie amongst soldiers, in how you know sometimes they can become even closer than their own family members. And I think in the first episode, and the second one, and the third, really, and this one, they're like uh, they're bonding because they're both. Um, they're both facing these life or death odds and that definitely uh, I think strengthens their bond and uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I I mean, they were already bonded in their um, trauma but um, they're just pals now. Right. And uh, and it it makes it uh, even more tragic when when uh bad things do happen um did did you have any final thoughts on on episode four not on this episode um i'm ready to move on to the last one get get just just cut it just (sighs) all right uh in the final episode kind of i guess uh episode five rage of the ape men both spirit and, and fang they find this this oasis and um everything seems seems fine they have like fresh water beautiful scenery they have food and and it's actually so peaceful here that the fish don't swim away like they they know no danger and um i think that was a nice way of illustrating uh just how um protected and and secluded this place was and Pretty much for the first half of this episode is just them hanging out, uh, having a rest. But after Spear goes for a dive in this, uh, in this like lake thing, um, he which I thought uh, there was gonna be like a monster at the very bottom. I was like, oh, I'm just waiting for that like giant octopus or like squid or i don't know i was waiting for a monster come come out of there but did not come from there right but that probably would have been better for them because i think they could have handled that but well but but what happened was um fang ended up being taken and uh fang ended up getting knocked out by an ape creature you know whose strength is likely much stronger than that of a human. So I don't know how he definitely has brain damage after that, but okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they're both taken and, and uh, 
they wake up and they see these these different apes like you know chimps and things like that and they're having this uh this like gladiatory uh like blood sport battle thing and there's this reigning champ who you know who seems to like be killing all of his opponents and next up uh is fang so the champ fights fang and fang gets brutally beaten her leg is broken uh and by this time spear is able to break free and he he sees this um this like drink that the champion took which like increases his strength exponentially and then spear takes it turning himself into the hulk and <laughs> and uh this was the most like brutal like this was some crazy savage massacre type stuff and fang destroys everyone yeah <laughs> no no uh yeah like spear did not like seeing his dinosaur and get hurt at all and so he like okay so originally the main ape which i they kind of look like gorillas to me um took like a single drop of this black liquid and spear drinks all of it <laughs> and the monkeys are like no 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 we need to get out of here <laughs> like once they realize he's taken all of it who boy they were in for it mm -hmm. yeah and uh and after spear kills everyone he goes over to his uh his his dear friend uh fang and you're telling me that there's five more episodes next year, right? Okay, so okay, so the ending was kind of if you didn't know that, you would think that that Fang died and then that was the end, but I maybe not. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I think she's dead. Oh no, don't say that. It's it's not looking good though. Yeah. Okay, so here's my thinking. Okay. So Spear wiped out this entire species, most likely. Oh, I have to sneeze. Hold on. Okay, sorry. I muted myself for that. So, Spear wipes out this entire species and, like, is this major, massive hulk of a creature, but then, like, has to fall asleep in order, like, pass out after all of this, like, anguish and adrenaline wears off. Who knows how long that was. He drank a, <clears throat> an overdosing amount of God knows what that black stuff was. And it could have taken days for that stuff to wear off. So who knows how long he was asleep for. So she could have been ice cold at that point. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, plus, plus she, she broke her leg. So I don't know how, like, uh, how they could, how they could heal that. Um. I don't know, like like a cast or like or, or, yeah, splint or something. But um, yeah, so if you're saying that you think she dies, then what will the next five episodes be? Ooh, okay. Um, 
you know, that was my thing because I didn't know that they were doing another five episodes until just this morning when I read that. So for me, that was the end. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we still have a head, a, a head wounded spear, you know, like multiple head injuries, spear. I'm going to make this funny because I don't know what will happen, but my hope is, is that he gets help for his head and so that he doesn't, maybe he learns not to hit his head so hard the next time. That's a good wish. Um, It's probably not going to happen. He's too far gone at this point, but I will say if I had like a complaint about um, this series and I guess Tartakovsky as, as a creator, uh, most of these episodes just kind of like the way they ended felt kind of uh, rushed or conveniently wrapped up. Um, and I thought that too with the ending of um, Samurai Jack. Uh, and I, it, it got me to thinking that maybe uh, Tarkovsky isn't um, the best at finishing things, like the best at wrapping things up. See, I don't know. I feel like I'm the opposite. I think he ends things quite delicately and excuse me um he plays on human emotion and the inevitable death that all of us have so and i think it it's just a matter of difference in storytelling i don't know whether or not he studied a lot of japanese writing and japanese comics but i get that same feeling um when watching his stories unfold and watching how he 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 does the entire circular storyline in a matter of such a small time while and also encompassing a lot of different emotions and and human traits and um life factors that i think it's harder for a lot of other creators to really find um I, I don't know i compare a lot of what his storytelling is to like japanese comics like i think you you read that same book of like how to draw comics right um they they talk about the the difference between american comics and japanese comics and how the storytelling in them is is slower in Japanese versus the American, it's like fast paced, it's continuous, it it doesn't necessarily have an end where um in Japanese it's it's all about the the spectrum of um character interaction and and um envision and uh, I, I guess the term it's it's called decompression from what I read. And so it just allows the audience to view it in a very slow and intense manner. So it may seem fast to you, but I think in the reality of it, it's, um, it's, it's slower in buildup, if that makes sense. It, all of the, go go ahead. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, yeah. Well, uh, actually hearing you, you talk about it. It got me to to thinking about um, like Miyazaki's work and how they end. And I think 
what I'm thinking about is is that there's no no uh, like um, no um, like a like a a falling action, um, and it and it just sort of ends on the conflict, like a little bit after the conflict, and there's no resolution afterwards. And I think that's why it feels rushed to me. But yeah, but really, that's just like a preference kind of but yeah <laughs> no definitely not me uh. maybe we watch too many disney movies <laughs> well uh, if it makes you feel any better so they're going to come up with a movie version of the series called primal tales of savagery so um it's been submitted to the animated feature film category in the 92nd academy awards so i don't know maybe if you put them all together after they're all released all 10 episodes we'll find some sort of resolution hmm interesting yeah um hearing about it in movie form that would be sweet like i would love to see that on the big screen um i bet that would look really cool uh speaking about it from like a like an art perspective i liked the like the, the very like loose and and free that the characters were illustrated and i think that added to the like the raw primal nature of the series yeah uh all right man um primal raw primal so overall um tell me everything wrapping everything up in a nice little bow for these five episodes what was your big takeaway? Um, this definitely um, capitalized on the phrase "show don't tell" uh, because it didn't have dialogue for, for for one, but it definitely showed what you wanted the characters to feel without being heavy-handed and and like telling you. And and I liked the fact that basically two creatures who really have no business getting along, got along, and they not only got along, but they became like close friends. And I thought that was cool. Hmm. Hmm. And which one, which episode was your favorite thus far? Say it was episode four, um, Terror Under the Blood Moon. What's your, what's your reasoning behind that one? Um, okay. So there's this, uh, French artist called uh, Mobius, like that, that's his pen name. And what he does is that he does a lot of um, like artwork um, featuring like flat desert plains. And I got that feeling from like f f f from this one. And it had this very, it, there was this ominous aura to it where it, it had lots of darks and reds and it really, got me in the into the, like the into the space of of what was happening and uh it it was the uh scene where 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 the ape person was like trying to where he broke his leg and was trying to give the boar back to his people and spear and fang pitched in i like that that kind of cat and mouse where the the bats were trying to like take them but they kept getting like killed and knocked down 
but they kept persisting and trying to take them again. And I thought that was that that little tit for tat was pretty cool. And the whole scene with the cave and the spider and they what and what they did with the the tri the triceratops and the spider silk was pretty cool. And I like how how uh, Fang used her ingenuity to like fake dead to like play dead so that she could rescue Spear. Uh, yeah. How about you? Hmm. For me, it was definitely episode three um, with the the mammoths, a cold death. I I just I don't know. I felt very spiritual, spiritually attached to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, I don't know. It was sad. I like sad things. Hmm. Uh, so it, it, so you felt spiritual watching it? Yeah. Well, that too. And then like, it made me question a lot of why maybe the director did things certain ways. For example, like the elephant graveyard, I, that was very spiritual. Um, the fact that there's a dinosaur living in the cold, I think that's not necessarily spiritual, but it just made me question. Like, it made me wonder things. So I think that was the episode that really just caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fair enough. Fair. That's short, short and sweet uh, reasoning. Uh, anything else? Well, as far as like the animation goes, um, not necessarily story or character wise or any of that. Um, the music and sound effects and the color schemes, the different animation aspects that were used in this were so, um, so diverse. And there were so many different color schemes. And, you know, Jendi is known for having beautiful, beautiful scenery and lots of intricate characters that come out of almost the blue. And so for me, that's not unfamiliar, but it just emphasizes his creativity and how as a director, he is so stylized and has an amazing art team um, and knows he, he knows what he, he wants and he knows what the audience wants too from, from, from hearing feedback from his, um, his fans. So, and there was a lot, it was interesting to see, I think, because there was a lots of like slowing down of the animation in certain scenes. Like, for example, when Fang um, is trying to climb up the mountain in episode four, she like plummets almost to the bottom. And there's certain times where it just like slows down. It shows her exhaustion from that. And I think it shows nuances that really create life in in this series well said well said uh it was never said better um thank you uh but um yeah back to what what you were saying about his you the use of color in the series um and what you mentioned about them putting this into a movie um animated films make color scripts which like um, basically just by the color alone sort of tells a story about the, about the movie. And I think that, uh, that they're definitely doing this with this, um, with this uh, series. And I think that 
it would look really cool on the big screen. I hope that there's like a Fathom event where maybe they'll do a movie version around this area, and I definitely want to see it. So fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, we're going. We're going to that. Okay, so for next week, we have planned for you a movie called Perfect Blue. Catch you next time. And please share us with your friends and family as we would love to continue this podcast about your favorite animations. All of the information here is researched by Sarah and Garrison, and this podcast is produced and edited by Sarah Zadri. Special thanks to Joshua Phillips for the theme music. All while doing our research, we come across some amazing little videos and shots about the process of animation And we will be happy to share this information with you on our site, www.podsaga.com. And if you have any questions about the animations we will be covering, please don't hesitate to ask. Thank you and have a good day.